And happy Mother's Day. It's here. You know, um, you hear things like, get all your clothes off of the floor and put them in the hamper. Get your shoes out of my car. Right? Shut the refrigerator. Were you born in a barn? Those are all phrases that my wife said to me this week. See, I like to think as a husband, I prepared her for this moment because she had to help raise me in some ways and she's prepared. I'm not going to stand up here for, and, and try to convince you that I understand what it's like to be a mom. I watched my wife give birth and if that was my role, we would have no kids. Y'all are tough. You can make it. But one of the coolest things about watching moms this is how natural y'all make it look. Y'all make it look so easy when your child needs you, how to give them that attention. We're dads, we're more like, hey, you should brush the dirt off, you're going to be okay. Even though they could be bleeding, have a massive gash down their leg, you're going to be okay, deal with it. And then you mothers know how to come in and nurture. And it's just natural. And, and it's fun watching how God has wired you in such a unique way to play such a massive role in the home alongside of the husband not we don't get off the hook we have a responsibility too but we know a lot of the good things that come from our kids is because of the imprint that our our moms make so I, I, I want you to know how valued you are today and um, and I hope that as a mom you feel celebrated and for some of you that have stood in as moms as grandparents as godparents this is your day too. Like you, you help raise kids in, in some way. And today, I just want to talk just for a few brief moments to kind of set the tone. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit around parenting. And so I don't want you to tune out because you will say, well, I don't have any kids in the house anymore. We scooted them on out of there. So we're empty nesters. Uh, or maybe you're one that's like, um, we, we don't even have kids because maybe we're not married or we're married and don't have kids. This, this message is for anybody who has some type of influence over children. So just to in, reinsert the word mom with aunt, uncle, uh, whatever you have, because I wanted to make sure that this, was, this hits us all this morning. But I want to start in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. In Proverbs, the book of wisdom, and it says this, is that without revelation, people run wild, right? Would y'all agree with that? We see it every day, right? Without revelation, people run wild. But one who follows divine instruction will be happy. The NIV, NLT, ESV would all say it this way, is where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, people perish. Like we, we got to know where are we going. Because I remember the day we had our first child, and all the celebrations in the room. And it was just a magical moment of this thing looks like me, right? I can say that about my first. I can't say that about the rest. They all look like mom. So God said, here, we're going to let you have the first, but the rest is going to be mom. And then something crazy happened within a few hours of being handed this newborn was the hospital said, bye, and they scoot you out. Y'all been there? And it's like, hey, can we get like three more nights? 
because we don't, we don't know. We don't know what this is going to do. Like, I'm not even sure the car seat is right. And sometimes the hospital just kind of scoots us on out the door. And then we're, we embark on this journey called parenting, trying to navigate the waters to get our children, some, just some days, just let's be honest, just trying to get them to survive. Just if I can make it through the day and they're all still breathing, we're good, right? But what's our long term? As, as parents and those who influence children, what is the long term? Do, do we even think about a vision over our family, over our children? Because if we don't have one, their dreams will perish, their opportunities will perish, and I would even say their relationship with Jesus could potentially perish if there is no vision. So I want to give you a quick crash-proof your parenting. Okay, we good? I'll give you a couple of points. I think this will help. But I want to show you how to crash-proof your parent, uh, parenting because I believe that when you don't see what God is doing, you will stumble all over yourself. I remember when I was at North Greenville University. I was a sophomore for the first time. And it had, y'all didn't get that. And so it had, um, it got really cold. Now I'm, I'm from the PD area of South Carolina, and it didn't really get icy and snow. We're not in our lingo, right? But when I went and lived in Greenville to go to school, it snowed and there was a lot of ice. And I wasn't prepared for that type of life. And this one night, it had gotten really, really cold. And, um, you know, when water gets around really cold temperatures, it creates this thing called ice, right? I'm learning all this in the moment apparently. And I'm running late for class. I grab my bag and I take off out the front door of, of our house that we had on campus. And I took that first step onto the steps. And for the next six, all the way down. And I'm just sitting there in disbelief of what just happened. Just stump was not prepared for that moment, right? Isn't that a lot like our parenting? We think we got it. They push us out. We leave the hospital. And then it feels like we take that first step. And it is just boom, boom, boom. And then we just sit there in disbelief of what just happened. And a little bit of pain. Um, I will like to tell you, I did make class on time that day. um, But I had a friend drop me off in his car. So the question that we have to ask is, God, what is the vision that you have for me as a parent? What's the vision that you have for me as a parent? What is it that you want me to do? How do you want me to raise them? How do you want me to, to love them? How do you want me to care for them? And I, I was, uh, heard Derwin Gray, a pastor, say this the other day, uh, a couple of months ago. He said this, the child who is most like you is the easiest to love. Would you agree with that? Somebody said no. <laughs> because you're the, you're, the, you're the second part of the sentence. But the child most unlike you teaches you how to love. Right? The child who is most like you is easiest to love, but the child most unlike you is, teaches you how to love. Would you agree with that part? Okay, so we'll end up getting 100% agreement here in just a second. So let me give you a couple of things. If we want to crash-proof this thing, we want to keep ourselves from stumbling and finding a way. How do we honor God in this? How do we honor God with our parenting? How do, how do we, ready, disciple our kids? through these stages, these different stages. 
the first thing I would, I would challenge you is we need to parent out of calling and not out of duty. Parent out of calling and not out of duty. Parenting is a special calling. It's a skill set that you have to learn on the fly some days. But it's a special calling that God has given us this responsibility to raise these children, to disciple these children, to provide for these children. It's a calling. And not everybody can do it. Right? Not everybody can do it. But there, there is a calling. But there's some days that we treat this as just trying to get to whatever bedtime is. If I can just get them to bedtime. And I know, listen, I know there are days that that's okay for that to happen. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? Like you, it's just been a long day. All you want to do is sit on the couch and watch a movie that's not on Disney+. Plus. And then you get, you get them all in the bed and everything's quiet. And you can't find the remote because they have lost the remote. And it's, it's just like, see, I, I can't. I can't catch a break. But sometimes it's, it's instead of parenting out of a calling, even in those hard times, it's parenting out of a duty. Like we're, we're here to serve our children the way that Jesus would serve us, right? Did y'all see this past week, the coronation of the king? The amount of money that was spent on that? They were saying that he makes like $20 million. This dude has zero authority, no political power, and he makes money. And they paid like $20 million for Lionel Richie to come in, singing, dancing on the ceiling, easy like a Sunday morning, to celebrate this king who had no power. People were lined up for days, camping out, to celebrate the coronation of the king. The movie Frozen coming to life right in front of us. And everybody is doing everything they can to just see this king and the money that's being pumped in and the television just showing on every single channel. And it was interesting because why do we not serve King Jesus in the same way that we serve the king that has no authority, no power? This is what Jesus has called us to do with children. Children were super important in the scripture. That's why I said, let the kids come unto me right? There's an investment to be made. We learn things from them. We have to see them as this is not a duty. Our children aren't a burden. They're, they're, they're a sacrifice for us to make. We serve them. So we have a calling in our lives from God. And, and I've and I got to say this too, that the calling is a huge honor. It's a huge honor to, to be able to be called mom, dad, aunt, uncle, godmother, grandmother, grandfather, I think we've we got to step back and say parenting is not a bunch of checklists or to-do lists. That if we just cross this off, we'll be good. Because we treat a lot of life that way. We treat church that way. But we can't treat our kids that way. It's not a checklist. Every child is different. Would you agree? You have to speak to every one of your kids in a different way. Because some can take it like, hey, that was dumb. Others like, hey, honey, that, what do you think that was? Do you think that was a good idea? So it's our pro, everything is different. Y'all have some of those kids? And um, there's every once in a while that we have to stop and reground ourselves in the fact that parenting isn't a bunch of to-dos. It's, it's not a duty, not even a sacrifice. This is an honor that God has called us in our lives to love them and one day release them out into society 
to make a difference and make disciples who make disciples. So it's not a calling and it's not a duty. I also would, would caution you with this parent out of confidence and not insecurity. I mean, it, it pleases the Lord for you to be the parent of your children, but you've got to be aware of your weaknesses as a parent as well. It's a parent out of confidence. A lot of times we're so scared to make decisions. We're so scared to, uh, I'm going to mess them up for life if they don't do this because everybody else is doing it this way. And I was sitting in a Starbucks not long ago, and there was a group of, of ladies that were talking. And they were, it, was, it was so interesting that I stopped what I was doing to eavesdrop just a little bit on this conversation to get some insight into the real world of what's happening around me. And it was a game of comparison. It was like a game of one-up. Well, I've sent my kid to this school. Oh, well, I sent him to this private school. And at this private school, they get this. Oh, well, when they graduate, they're going to have a master's degree by the time they're done in the 12th grade from this. And it was just like one up and, and it was like, because it just, they were, everybody felt so insecure at the table. And I'm just thinking probably every one of your kids is your teacher's worst nightmare, every one of you. But they're, they're golden. But we oftentimes parent out of insecurity because we have not accepted that, hey, we have to depend on God. That is our source. Like, our, our kids will drain us. But if we're not pulling and, and allowing our lives to be filled by the Holy Spirit, what are our kids pulling from? And a lot of times, we don't have the confidence. We can have confidence in parenting them when we understand that God gave them to us. He is equipping us for this. And His Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us in the direction that we need to go with our children. Each one of them. There's a path. There's a calling. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians. Paul says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is what? It's perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses. We don't hear that a lot of times, do we? We don't hear athletes, when they ask them in an interview them at the end of these big games, like, man, tell us how you did it. Gosh, I, I did really awful today. Like, I couldn't throw the ball like I wanted to. And did y'all see me trip on the way to first base? That wasn't good. We don't ever hear those things, do we? We don't ever hear people boast about their weaknesses. It's always boasting about the strengths. But Paul here is twisting it, and he's saying that power is perfected in our weaknesses. When we can just admit, hey, I don't have it all together. And then when you can say that, you can have confidence because there's power that comes with that, the power of the Spirit. And he says, therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weakness so that Christ's power may reside in me. Be confident in who God has called you to be as a parent. Learn how to be better at it. Learn how to, to hear from the Spirit and be obedient to the Spirit as you parent your children. The good news for you today is this, is that we... We're all highly aware of our weaknesses. Are, are you, and I hope this is the case, but are you aware of weaknesses that you personally have when it comes to parenting or when it comes to life in general? Anybody, if, let's just be honest for a moment. Raise your hand if you know that you have a weakness. Okay. If you did not raise your hand, your weakness is you don't know how to raise your hand. And we'll work on that. But we all have a weakness. We all know it. But here's the good news. God does too. And he chooses to use you anyway. He's given you these children, not by mistake. He's given them to you for a purpose. Whether your children were born from you 
or they were born from your belly or born from your heart through adoption. These are the children that God has placed in your life. And we have got to parent out of confidence and insecurity. We don't have to worry about, I don't want my kids to see me weak. You ever thought about, they probably need to see you weak so they can learn what it looks like to be humble and to be weak? Like dads, it's okay to cry. It's okay for your kids to see tears. They don't have to be tough and ball it all up all the time. Sometimes they've got to be able to talk about it and let it out. We serve a God who is sufficient, who is all-knowing, who is all-powerful, who wants to fill us to do the work and fulfill the Great Commission, even in our families. I love what Psalm 135 says. It says that he causes the clouds to rise from the ends of the earth. And he makes lightning for the rain, and he brings the winds from his storehouses. Anybody do that this week? Has anybody caused the clouds to rise from the ends of the earth and made the lightning for the rain and, and, and brought wind from your storehouse? That was God this week. That was God yesterday, and that was God years ago. Like, God is sovereign, everybody. He knows what he's doing. And if we can trust that he is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do, which is the definition of faith, then we can have confidence to parent out of confidence and not out of insecurity. Because we serve a God who can do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. Amen? Okay? Far more than we can ever ask or imagine. So with that understanding that, the power of who God is and knowing his confidence that, that we can have in him, that should cause us to feel more confident and grateful that he chose us to be the parents or the authority over the children that are in our, our sphere of influence. Because they need their aunts and their uncles. They, they need their grandparents involved. They need their parents involved. So don't, don't parent out of insecurity, parent out of confidence. But I'd also tell you this too, parent out of purpose and not fear. So, I hear this all the time, I'm so worried that I'm going to mess them up. That I'm going to do something so wrong. Anybody? Anybody? We're so worried about I'm going to mess them up and they're going to get to their first year of college and, and it's all going to fall apart and it's going to be my fault because I didn't let them pick out the cereal that they wanted on that cereal aisle when they were three years old. I'm going to mess them up. It's a fear that, that we oftentimes live in this fear instead of understanding. I, I got a parent out of purpose. Like God's given me a purpose for my family. And if you don't know where to start with the vision and the purpose for your family, I would encourage you start in Matthew chapter 28. When Jesus says, go into all the nations making disciples, discipleship starts in your home. That's your first nation to go to. That's the investment that we make. That's the purpose. Because see, fear will block out the vision that God has for your family. Because see, our relationship with God is about faith, right? It's all about taking steps of faith, leaning into faith, uh, trusting that he's going to do what he says he's going he's to do, and, and that God is, again, who he says that he is. And this is all about steps of faith. And when we're teaching our kids to live out in faith and not fear, we've done, we've done in a great service. Because we live in society. Do you all remember, um, some of you, 
uh, when 9-11 hit, every night on the news, they would give us a color. And if it were like orange, it was like, we should probably be careful because there might be a terrorist attack about to happen. And then if it went to threat level red, and everybody would go and panic. I remember when 9-11 hit, I was at, in college in Taggerville, South Carolina. Um, there was a gas station and a cow pasture and a university. That was Tigerville, South Carolina. And there was so much fear on that campus when that thing hit, when those planes hit the towers that day. They shut down school and just wanted everybody to stay, stay inside because Tigerville, South Carolina was a target of a terrorist attack. It's like, ain't nobody coming here. You have a hard enough time getting us to come here as students at that time. Like, you have a W.E. Willis gas station, and that is it, everybody. But it was this fear that drove every single decision we make. Do we, do we go here? We're living that today. When you send your kids off to school, there's a fear. Are they protected? Are they okay? What if? And, and we, we parent oftentimes out of fear instead of purpose. Just trusting in God. Hearing from Him and doing the things that He has called us to do. I love what Proverbs chapter 22 says. It says, you should start a youth on his way. Even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. And, and you've heard this verse in a different translation of train up a child in the way they should go. And in the end, they won't depart from this. If we will focus on teaching our children that they have purpose. Their identity is in Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed for them on the cross and his resurrection power. That is their identity. And because of that moment, they have purpose in life to go and make disciples with whatever spiritual gifts God has given them that they can literally change the world. That if we'll train them in that, this is a promise that if we will bring them up in that, to love Jesus. And I know a lot of times, like I grew up in youth ministry, doing youth ministry. And parents always say, well, I don't, you need to teach true love weights. And you need to teach them, have somebody come in about alcohol and talk to them about alcohol and talk to them about drugs. Here's what I found. That if I could teach a, a high school student to love Jesus, the morals took care of themselves. Because I could either scare them or I could point them to their purpose in Jesus. And guess what? We never ever had to have a conversation with a parent about their kid being an alcoholic or on drugs. What we did have to work out was they're always wanting to be at church. They're always wanting to be in youth. They always felt open to talk about their struggles. Because many of the students that I've been able to work with, and it's, by the way, it's not because of anything I did. I, I stumbled into this, and I, I, I didn't like a lot of youth growing up where it was like, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. And it's like, I'm probably going to bust it wide open with everything that I've done because, I mean, they convinced me, y'all, they convinced me to break my Creed CD. <laughs> Creed. Can you take me higher? Like, it's gone. Like, thanks a lot. My whole CD collection, no more. I didn't tell my mom about the Warren G. mixtape that had Twyla Pierce written on it, but that was a whole other thing. Where was I going with that? We got a parent with purpose. And we got to stop overprotecting our children and entrust them into the hands of Jesus. And give them into the hands of Jesus and not parent out of fear. He has called you. 
if we'll train them up in the way that they should go. I don't have this one on the screen, but I want to give you a bonus one because this one's been, on, this one's been in my, my heart this week. So I'll take the next three minutes and 36 seconds to tell you this. Would you parent out of a healed heart and not a broken one? Parent out of a healed heart and not a broken one? I've heard many of your stories. And you grew up in a home that was not supportive or it was unhealthy. It was not a good environment. And your heart was broken. And then you have kids and you're doing everything in your power to make sure that they don't have to do anything that I did when I was growing up. And you're trying to parent them out of your confidence, out of your strengths, out of your abilities. And what happens is when you parent out of a broken heart instead of a healed heart, you imprint your traumas onto the kids. And you overcorrect. You overdo. And then when you get to the end of this, you're going to realize that you had no vision and it all perished. Jesus is the healer of broken hearts. And if your heart is restored and is full, God can do wonders within your family. But you've got to stop letting the wounds of yesterday get in the way of the plans for the future. You have to. We will ruin our children. It's okay to say no. I was told no about a lot of things growing up. I think I turned out okay. It's okay for them to learn. It's okay for them that fail. I think it's more important for you to teach your kids how to fail than it is to teach them how to succeed. Amen. Let them fail. Not major ones. I don't do prison ministry. <laughs> but let them fail. Parenting, parenting out of a healed heart, if we define that just a little bit, that is, that is a heart that Jesus has gotten all over and has burned away all the junk and is making it pure. And could you imagine parenting your children out of a place where you found true contentment in who you are through Jesus, through the Father's love? Could you imagine parenting your children holistically, being put together again? Like, if you will do what God asks you to do, follow his word, bring your kids up in the word, they won't depart from it. In other words, you're not going to mess them up. When you teach them that Jesus is the only thing, and our lives are centered on him. It's not centered on all these other accolades. Or, I mean, my kids can win award after award. They come home bragging all the time. They didn't make a, I didn't even make a C. I didn't even make a C either. I don't want to hear it. I mean, lower than that. Anybody else there on that? Your kids are smarter than you are all of a sudden. And they're legitimately smarter because they'll like, can you help me with this math homework? Nope, your mom can, though, because she's, she's did really good on that. Um, I helped one of my kids. I don't know where this is going. I helped one of my children with their third-grade homework one time. And, um, yeah, so my wife got to redo the whole thing because it was wrong. 
it was wrong. So I am not a math person. I, I, I want to encourage you today to get a vision for your family. Spend time praying over your family. Asking God what he wants them to do, because I promise you if we will put our confidence in him, our parenting will be a lot better. Our influence that we can have over young people will be a lot better. Because we cannot go wrong if we will allow his word to lead God and direct our lives and, and imprint. I'd rather imprint Jesus on my children than my traumas and my brokenness and my upbringing. I want to imprint him. That's the lens that we, we train to, to look at life.